When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. We have a segment on this show called They Said What? We might have to take the host of Canty and Carlin, Chris Canty, and his take about the Houston Texans going from worst to first in the AFC South. And slot that one right in there. I know there's a war of words apparently going on. We've got some beefing ESPN radio shows. Chris Canty, Chris Carlin on Greeny this morning. They're not here today. You've got Courtney Cronin and Gabe Neitzel on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But a little war of words there exchanged between Chris Canty and Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson of Joe and Amber. I kind of like it. I like the manufactured rivalries we have here on this network. I didn't know that we actually could fight each other and get away with it. Oh, it's I, I highly recommend you start that. I mean, imagine all the different platforms that you have, Courtney, that you could start rivalries on. You're on TV. You're on ESPN Radio, ESPN.com. Maybe you could get into it with somebody else and the you know maybe start a rivalry with Rob Domofsky or something over at ESPN.com. I think I think you've you know you've got a lot of potential here. I mean, you're on local radio in Milwaukee and you do a show sure. every single day. Mm-hmm. Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Yep. 9 to 11 a.m. Central Time, ESPN Milwaukee. I imagine that there are moments where you want to go at one of them and create a viral clip. Maybe by proxy. Maybe you don't mean to do that. But have you ever had the war of words with your own co-host? So so not with uh, our own co-host, but here locally, we have our morning show has a rivalry with the afternoon show, especially Jen Latta of ESPN, who does the, the local morning show here in Milwaukee with me. Uh, she gets into it from time to time, and I think it's a Marquette, Wisconsin thing okay. with former Badger basketball player Ben Brust. He played on one of their final four teams. He hosts the afternoon show here. Uh, in, in Milwaukee, so I think there's a, a Milwaukee, uh, excuse me, a Marquette, uh, Wisconsin rivalry between those two. So we get into it with the afternoon show every once in a while. I'll try to start that rivalry. Try to stir up some, you know, stir up a little trouble with them. I I like it. I think I'm all for it. Yeah, I got to oh, figure so out who fun. I want to beef with here because I actually really like everybody I work with. Yeah, that's and a I don't problem. know like, if anybody's gonna... had a take that I want to like really go in on. Well, and, and again, the problem is because you like sub on all these different shows. Like, so do you like? Do you really <laughs> want to start a fight with Freddie Coleman? No, Freddie's the best. Like, he's super nice. Like, you don't want to go after Freddie. No, because then the next time I'll be, I'm on with him. Like, who knows how that's gonna pan out? And I just, I don't want to have to remember what I said, only to have it played <laughs> back in my ear, only to make me sound foolish for saying something bad about one of my coworkers. But all kidding aside, I, I don't agree with that take that Houston could go from worst to first in the AFC South. What I do agree with, though, is that there is a whole different dynamic down there with quarterbacks and that that actually is must-see TV. Now, you can put that on you heard what, the you said what, whatever the name of the segment is here on Candy and Carlin, because the fact that I just put out a take that flaming hot that the AFC South, a team that has three rookie quarterbacks, they also have Trevor Lawrence, is must-watch television. That is uh, certainly one of my more memorable takes here on ESPN Radio. 
Well, they've got two of the best players in this draft. They've got two of the more you know looked at in terms of surefire you know players in the draft. They they should be an interesting team, certainly to keep an eye on, especially because outside of Jacksonville, who else is going to be good in that division? I, I, not that I'm thinking in a deep AFC they can make some sort of playoff push and be the seventh team and make a wild card, but I think they can make some. I think they can make some noise in that division and maybe win a game or two that nobody thinks that they can as they continue this rebuild in earnest. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, sitting in for the guys. Now we'll welcome in Chris Canty, the usual host of this show. He was doing greeny duty this morning. And, Chris, before we get into your Lakers, because I, I really want to know how they're going to sustain this going into game two, you played for the Giants for four years. So I imagine that you were invited to a couple Knicks games, maybe a hockey game at Madison Square Garden. Did you ever get the treatment that Sauce Gardner got last night with Aaron Rodgers where you're showing on the Jumbotron every five seconds, it seems? And would you have known who, whatever the version of Jessica Alba was back in your day when you're playing, does Sauce Gardner get like a knock of coolness points off of him for not knowing who she was? Um, No, he doesn't get a knock off of the coolness points. I mean, listen, I... I get it. Jessica Alba is a huge actress. Uh, been in a lot of films, a lot of shows, all of that stuff, um, and, and really on the scene when it comes to pop culture. But Jessica Alba is also 42 years old. You're talking about a, a guy that's in his early 20s. So I'm not going to knock him for not knowing who Jessica Alba is. Damn, man, you um, say it like that's old. I, I, it, it, well, it's not young. I don't think that way. Man. <laughs> it's not young. I mean, we gotta we gotta own it. I, I'm in my forties now too, so I, I gotta own it. Like it's not it's not young. Not yeah, old, but have you seen young. her? She looks exactly the same way she did 20 years ago, man. Oh, she's holding. I mean, listen, the equivalent of that would be like Holly Berry. You know, when I was play, when I was in my prime. You know what I mean? When I came into the league. So, um, yeah. I, listen, I, guys, I, I hear you. And I'm not saying you guys are, are off a little bit. I'm just pointing out that there's an age gap right there. And maybe Sean Gardner might not know who that is. Just, just saying. I don't think it's crazy. So with Aaron Rodgers doing all these things with his teammates, taking Sauce Gardner to a Knicks game and being around, these, these are all good things for the Jets, the fact that he is trying to make this effort, Correct. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to bond with his teammates, which is the whole point in why they wanted to execute this trade sooner rather than later. Giving him the opportunity to be in the building and to get to know the guys, um, I, I think that's important. If you're going to lead them, then you need to know them. And there's no there's no getting past spending time with your teammates. I remember when I was playing for the Dallas Cowboys, Bill Parcells was our head coach, and he wanted us around in the offseason to get our, our workouts. It wasn't necessarily about doing the OTAs or minicamp because those weren't padded practices. And Parcells could care less about those. Even though you could have up to 16 or 17 of those practices, we only did about six or seven of those because, you know, he didn't necessarily see the value in it. But he wanted to make sure that everybody got their 40 workouts, which is the strength and conditioning part of it, being able to lift the weights and run because he felt like that was something where you could do a lot of team building, you could work on chemistry, rapport, and bond with your teammates. And I think that's the value in having Aaron Rodgers in the building, somebody that all of those young guys are going to look up to. Think about it. You've got a lot of Jets in their 
second and third years that have really been searching for somebody to follow, somebody that has a resume like Aaron Rodgers, somebody that has credibility in this league, and, and now they have that figure. And, you know, there's a lot of value in having, you know, the, the, the symbolism of it, the symbol, that figure in the building where they can actually talk to them and, and, uh, and, and work on building up that chemistry. So I, I think it's incredibly valuable. And clearly Joe Douglas and Rob Sala feel the same way, which is why they paid a premium to the Packers to do the deal on the eve of the draft. Talking with Chris Canny, the host of Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, sitting in for both Chris and Chris today. And, and I want you to hear this from Quincy Williams, Jets linebacker, about his initial impressions of Aaron Rodgers. Let's hit it. I ain't going to lie to you. I was kind of starstruck at first because it was like we warm up right next to each other. I was like, hold on, coach. Let me just take a little minute, take this in, watch a few throws a little bit, and send them in the green. Just took that in a little bit. It's like, all right, now let's get to work. I think that's a normal reaction, but is that – could there be any downside to that? Because I'm sure Tampa Bay players felt the same way when Tom Brady got down there. Is that surprising to you at all? And, like, how do you get rid of the starstruck when you're Jets players in the offseason knowing that this is all we're talking about right now? Well, I mean, it's, it's something that's going to wear off because it'll get back to football. Right now, it's, it's the pop and circumstance. Everybody's excited. It's a ton of hype. And rightfully so, because Aaron Rodgers has got a Super Bowl and he's won four MVPs. So people are excited about what the ceiling of the team is, including the guys in the locker room. So that is a perfectly normal reaction. When I was with the Cowboys, we ended up signing Terrell Owens. And Terrell Owens is a top three receiver in NFL history. So I mean, we were excited. It's like, this is T.O. You know, but after a while, it's like, all right, he's somebody that's going to help us win a lot of football games. Um, and, and that's what ends up winning the day. That's what ends up being the focus as we get closer to the game that actually matters. So I, I think for the offseason, that's perfectly fine. It's a normal reaction. Um, but you'll see as they continue to build that relationship that that will fade. And what will come to the forefront is all of the football knowledge and the, the national ability that Aaron Rodgers is bringing to the table to help the team win. Canty, let's shift gears here a little bit and head over to the NBA. And with what Anthony Davis did last night, 30 points, 23 yeah, let's rebounds, talk about that. huge let's game. Let's talk about that, Gabe. Let's talk about that. <laughs> let's go. Can an argument be made for the Lakers being the best team remaining if Anthony Davis plays like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. It's been a long time since you've had a player go for 30-plus points. 20-plus rebounds, and his team on the winning side of the game. you got to go back to Shaquille O'Neal, and that's in the early 2000s. So I just I think it's a situation where Anthony Davis has been the single most dominant force uh, on the interior in the Western Conference, and this is probably going back to the beginning of March. And he's just continued that throughout the playoffs. And the fact that Darvin Ham was able to extend him and play the entirety of the second half, it just it's a testament to – Number one, the way that the Lakers have treated Anthony Davis throughout the regular season, but also the players' competitiveness and, and AD recognizing you know the moment um, and understanding that his team needs needs the the game to run through him in order to have the best path and success. So I, I I was I was you know awestruck at that kind of performance, but he really set the tone for what kind of series this is going to be. And, and quite frankly, after watching that game, I know I'm probably in the minority of this. The Golden State Warriors is in some trouble. They got some problems. 
Because there is no answer for Anthony Davis. They just have no answer. Not when he's playing like that. The length certainly stifling the Golden State Warriors in Game 1. We expected that to be a problem. They'll get a chance to even this thing out at 1-1 apiece. That game taking place in San Francisco tomorrow. We've got a Game 2 also taking place tonight in Boston. The 76ers and the Celtics facing off with Joel Embiid likely to be in the lineup. Sources telling ESPN. Kenny, who do you like in this one? It's hard not to like the Sixers. And this is a team that I was bullish about coming into the postseason. Everyone was saying that in the Eastern Conference, it's a two-horse race between Milwaukee and Boston. I said, guys, don't discount the Sixers just by virtue of the way that they can defend because of what Joel Embiid brings on that end of the court. As a rim protector and as a rebounder, there's no reason to change that opinion. And what we saw in game one is that they're called into service James Harden can be the primary option scoring the basketball, and Tyrese Maxey is not going to be far behind. Now, do I expect James to have another 45-point outburst this series or this postseason? No, I don't. But if James Harden on any given night can give you 30-plus and keep the turnovers down, you're going to have a pretty good chance of being able to win that game. The other thing that we saw is their ability to be able to knock down the three. There was a seven-made three-pointer disparity in game one with with the Celtics. The Celtics did not shoot from distance very well. What they did do well is score in the paint at 66 points in the painted area, and that's good news and bad news from the standpoint of if you have that kind of differential in paint scoring and still can't find a way to win, that becomes an issue. Last point that concerns me about the Celtics. In the fourth quarter, the combination of Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart had more field goal attempts than Jason Brown and Jason Tatum. That, that can't happen, guys. That, that absolutely can't happen. Ten points combined from Brown and Tatum in the fourth quarter compared to 23 points from Harden and Madison. It was a tie ball game going into the fourth. It, it, you can't expect to win if you're Joe Missoula if that's how it's going to play out. But the offense for the Celtics was disorganized, and I've been critical of that aspect of their game in clutch time going back to the last postseason, uh, even last NBA Finals. They just looked disjointed. We thought Malcolm Brogdon would be the solution for that. Turns out that's not the case. So I'm concerned about the Celtics. Um, the other thing that we might need to take a look at, and one of the areas where I have to walk back a little bit, Doc Rivers. I was awfully critical of Doc Rivers coming into this postseason. I said that he was one of the things that the Sixers had to overcome. He coached circles around Joe Mazzula in game one. So if Doc Rivers can continue to be the difference from an X's and O's standpoint, James Harden, you know, give a shade of, of the guy that won an MVP in Houston and Joel Embiid come back and beat yeah. 75% of what he is in the regular season, yeah, I, I don't think that the, the Boston Celtics are going to be able to uh, steal home court advantage back. And I'd be surprised if Joel Embiid is healthy that this would be a long series. Doc Rivers has the experience. He also very likely has Joel Embiid back in the lineup tonight for Game 2. Coverage beginning 7.30 p.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN Radio. Chris, we appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for the time. Courtney, Gay, appreciate you holding it down for us. 
That's Chris Canny, host of Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. If you don't hear him here, you can hear him and Chris Carlin over on Greeny. Canny and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So Joel Embiid wins the MVP yesterday. His first one of his career. Been a long time coming. And, of course, the questions we knew would be coming about his knee and the sprain that he had dealt with back on April 20th. It's been a couple weeks since we've seen him on the floor. He had this to say about balancing wanting to play, trying to be competitive, trying to help his team, but also heeding the advice from doctors about how much he needs to rest in order to get back out there and be the best version of himself. Obviously, I want to play. Uh, you know, everybody knows me. I, I just love being on the court, and I love to play. So there's a possibility, and I got the green light, and uh, then I'm then we're going to go ahead. But, uh, we, like I said, we're just going to talk about it. But I feel pretty good, uh, just like I felt uh, about the game, you know, last game. Uh, I felt like, you know, we had a huge opportunity and that we were going to win, and tonight – you know, whether I play or not, uh, you know, I believe in those guys. Uh, you know, anything can happen, then I think we got a huge chance to win again. 76ers looking to go up 2-0 to zero in this series before it shifts back to, back to Philadelphia or to Philadelphia for the first time. And we heard from him yesterday. That was him after he won the MVP. Or actually, rather, that was him today at his MVP press conference. We had heard from him singing a similar tune yesterday after he won the MVP. It was announced before the Knicks and the Heat game. But that's him today. That sounds like a pretty confident player who knows not only that he's available tonight, but that he's feeling pretty good and that that knee is not going to be a problem. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to go out there until that knee feels right, and he's got the clearance from the doctors. And I doubt because he's been out for a couple of weeks now, he's going to be able to play a playoff-type load of minutes. I don't think he's going to be playing 40-plus minutes tonight. I think Doc Rivers is going to have to be maybe a little bit careful and and keep him maybe closer to 30, 35 minutes and and just kind of ease him back in that way. But even 30, 35 minutes of Joel Embiid, the way that the Celtics were able to attack the paint, having him back there, because part of the reason he won MVP was the defense that he provides in protecting that rim, it's really going to change things for the Celtics. Not only how they play offensively, but now how they're going to have to play defensively with Embiid on the other side of the floor. Again, you can hear coverage of that game coming up right after we're off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Celtics and 76ers, game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. Straight ahead, J.J. Watt, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He's been retired about four months, and he's already getting into his biggest business venture to date. I'm going to tell you what that's all about coming up next on Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or 
your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app as always presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel sitting in for the guys on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to play you my conversation from earlier today when I caught up with five-time Pro Bowler, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. Watt, who has been retired all of four months But he's venturing into sports ownership now that his playing days are over. He finished his career with the Cardinals, longtime player with the Houston Texans. He and his wife, Kalia, bought a minority ownership stake in Burnley FC, an English soccer team that is Premier League bound. Here's my conversation with J.J. Watt and his inspiration to get involved with English soccer. We've uh, I've been a Premier League fan for a long time since 2010 2011 and uh, as I got towards the end of my career I knew that sports ownership was something I'm interested in I love the promotion relegation model I love the exhilaration of it um, and we wanted to find the right fit so we've been searching for a long time and, and looking at different opportunities and then Burnley came about and the town the manager the ownership group everything just fit us well and so we're extremely excited to share Burnley's passage and to uh, share Burnley's story with the world. I know this is a program that's been around since the 1880s, but for those who don't know, like what is the Burley brand? So Burnley, like you said, it's been around since 1882. Uh, it is an old mill town, um, so its people are very hardworking, blue-collar, but they love their club. And, you know, They've been through some adversity over the years, but the one thing that's seen them through everything is going to Turf Moor and watching their club play and living and dying with every single match. So um, we want to help tell that story, and we want people to understand that Claret and Blue is, uh, it runs through the veins of the people in Burnley, and it's such a special place with incredible passion. I know you played football for a really long time, a storied college career, a storied NFL career, and you said you'd been into soccer in the Premier League for a long time. I imagine on Saturdays when you're getting ready for a game and you're in the training room, that's on TV in the training room and everybody's able to watch. Like, Is that something that you had always been into? And and when did the idea of, hey, I might want to get involved in the ownership realm of sports first come into mind for you? 
Yeah, so we, it's kind of funny because it filled a natural void. I mean, I'm awake early anyway, like you said, to get ready for practice, to get ready for games. So you're up at 6 o'clock, um, and you turn on TV, and there's Premier League games on. You can watch uh, football at the highest level being played and still get ready for your game at the same time. So for the last 12, 13 years, I've been watching Premier Leagues in the mornings. And then, you know, you start to – as I started to get older and started to learn about opportunities and things um, and how I could get involved and how I could make an impact at a club like Burnley, um, that's, that just became a goal. Five-time NFL Pro Bowler J.J. Watt joins us here on Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. And you join the list of former athletes that have ventured into sports ownership. Recently, we saw Tom Brady acquiring a minor- minority stake with the Las Vegas Aces. Lewis Hamilton, the Formula One driver, has a minority stake with the Denver Broncos. Dwayne Wade with the Utah Jazz, so on and so forth. Why ownership? Why was this the route that you decided to go with your first big thing that you tap into away from playing football? So it's it's multiple reasons. So number one is I love sports. I want to be in, involved in sports. I want to be around sports. I want to have that uh, – the thrill, the excitement, the energy, and that team atmosphere of everybody pulling in one direction. Um, also want the ability to have an impact, want the ability to be able to do something, and that's that's why Burnley is such a great opportunity as well, um, maybe as opposed to some, some bigger clubs, is because we have an opportunity to help share, tell their story, and, and not a lot of people, especially over here, know about them. So we can actually have a meaningful impact, and then at the end of the day, who doesn't want to go to Turf Moor and 22,000 people cheering their heads off and uh, you score a goal and you feel that energy, you feel that excitement because you're invested, because you're involved. And so we, we just love it. So Burnley just got promoted to the Premier League. And when you invest in a football club, as you mentioned, when you've got that many thousands of fans singing in unison, knowing all of the chants and, and just the energy that you feel in an English football stadium, it feels like you're investing in the town and the people as much as you are the on-field product. How did you go about like familiarizing yourself with all that would that would encompass, not just the players and the coaching staff, but the town and the soul of Burnley itself? Yeah, so my wife and I were very, very uh, keen on doing that, and it was a big priority to us. So we flew over there a couple months ago, um, and we spent a lot of time in the town. We went to the local charity. We went to the local food bank. We met with government officials. We met with supporters. Um, We really wanted to fully understand and appreciate why this is so special to these people. And we wanted to make sure that we respect and honor the traditions and the histories that have been there. Burnley has been around since 1882 and it's going to be around long after we're gone. We just want to help steward it into the next generation and leave it in a better place than we found it. And that's, we just want to make sure we do it right and do right by the supporters. What's your involvement going to be on a day-to-day basis with the organization? I know you're going to be here, I would assume still in the United it's, States. It's going to be exciting. We're very, that's, that's one of the reasons that, that we got involved with Burnley is because of the opportunity to actually be involved. And Alan, uh, Alan Pace and the ownership group have done an unbelievable job so far. Vincent Company has done a great job. But we want to come in. We want to help be, bring global eyeballs to Burnley. And then we also want to help in any way that we can improve and enhance the club. And whether that's with you know marketing, merchandising, things like that, or whether it's literally getting out into the town and the charitable efforts and the community efforts, um, we're trying to do whatever we can to help 
raise Burnley's profile. A couple of years ago, we learned of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buying Wrexham. And of course, most of us have watched Ted Lasso in some capacity. Do you see any similarities with your adventure into buying Burnley from what they did with Wrexham and other organizations? Yeah, I, I definitely think that America's appetite is continually growing. I mean, you look at the success of Ted Lasso, you look at the success of Wrexham. Um, America clearly has an appetite for international soccer and so we want to help satiate that appetite we want to help bring those eyeballs and i think it really helps for us obviously that we're going back up to the premier league so every single game is going to be available for fans to watch this coming season and they can follow along the journey and we can help tell that story in real time as we go um and and try and have an unbelievable amount of success around it he is the three-time nfl defensive player of the year jj watt joining me courtney cronin here on canty and carlin esp Radio. All right, so this is the first time you have not played football since 2011. This fall is going to feel a lot different for you. I know that you've got clearly a lot of things occupying your time, but how have you been able to process the four-ish months that you've had post-football post now venturing into retirement about how different this year is going to feel for you? Um, I've, I've processed it as much as I can, and it, it certainly has been interesting. I mean, just from a day-to-day standpoint, you know, the workout program, the way you eat, everything changes because you're not preparing for an NFL season. Um, and then also just planning your year, planning your life. Like, normally, this time right now, I'd be in OTAs. I'd be out working out with my teammates, and then i got to get ready and plan August being training camp and the rest of the season basically off limits from a scheduling standpoint. But now it's all wide open, so filling that time and obviously, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of Burnley time filled in there and a lot of time with my son and my wife. And I'm, that's the best part by far is that I'm getting to spend more time with my son and my wife and a lot of family time. Oh, there's a lot going on with your former team, the Arizona Cardinals, new coaching staff, new front office, and by and large, some really high draft grades on what they did this year. But it appears that this is a team that's looking towards 2024. What were your takeaways just from what they maneuvered last week in the draft, but also what it's setting this franchise up to do next season. Yeah, I think they're obviously going through a, a, a interesting time right now. And with the draft, when you look at what they did and the moves that they were able to make, they're clearly setting themselves up in a very good position for next year's draft. So it's a matter of building towards that and then next year being able to add a bunch of great pieces to your team and, and try and go out there and do something special. I feel silly asking this because I know, I think I know what your answer is going to be, and rightfully so, if it's your brother TJ. But <laughs> as, we, as we look towards the future of the NFL in a landscape that doesn't have a J.J. Watt in it, who do you look at as the defenders coming up behind you? Who is the next J.J. Watt? No, oh, it's TJ, hands down. He's he's unbelievable. He's a special player. Um, he should have more defensive player of the Warriors years than he already has. I, I think he's he's been more than deserving of at least one more, probably two. Um, he's a special player. He's a special person, and uh, he would never get me to say anything other than him. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. I know that you spent the majority of your career in the AFC with the Houston Texans. Aaron Rodgers spent the majority of his career with the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. So you guys didn't get to face off against each other all that often. But I noticed he was featured in your tribute video at the end of your career, the post, you know, your retirement video that was just an incredibly emotional thing to watch for all of us. How how was that, just getting to see some of your peers, and particularly someone like Aaron Rodgers, be part of that? And 
Is this the new model that you think the NFL and players are going to follow where players have more of the empowerment role in determining where they want to go to finish out their careers the way that Rodgers did being so vocal about going to the Jets and getting to the Jets? Um, yeah, I mean, first off, the video was unbelievable. I was I was obviously extremely emotional, and it was very special to see not only players from around the league and players I have great respect for, but um, family members, friends, everybody just, it's it was very, very emotional for me. Um, and then in terms of players moving around the league and being able to do things, I do think that obviously there you have to be a certain caliber of player and you have to have built up a certain level of, of respect and, and power to be able to do that. But I do think that some guys in those positions are able to make the moves that they want to make and um, it just comes down to what makes what makes them tick and what they want to accomplish and obviously Aaron wanted to be in New York and he's already brought some guys with him and, and set up the pieces around him that he wants there so clearly it's it's possible from that standpoint. JJ loved watching you play with the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals excited for you and your wife Kaylee on this new venture with Burnley FC the Premier League is an exciting place to be in English football. You're right. America has definitely bought into soccer as much as they are bought into football here stateside. Excited for you in this new venture and for your family in post-retirement. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Up to Clarets. That was J.J. Watt, former NFL player, joining me here on Canty and Carlin. Straight ahead, back into the NBA. We've got a game two coming your way tonight between the 76ers and the Celtics. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We're into the second phase of OTAs across NFL teams. That means coaches can actually start working with the players on the field and talking to them. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel. Ryan Tannehill broke his silence, first time we've heard from him since the team acquired Will Levis in the second round last week. Second straight year, the song and dance has continued for Ryan Tannehill. Last year, they draft Malik Willis in the third round. There's questions about how much longer Tannehill is going to be there. This year, it's Levis literally less than a week ago. He becomes teammates with him. And I thought it was interesting. Gabe Neitzel, Courtney Kernan with you on ESPN Radio. Um... I thought it was interesting how Tannehill approached this when he was asked about the addition of Levis, that he's, quote, obviously a talented guy and that he hopes he'll add to the room. I view what and I view that I view this the same way all along, that Will Levis is not going in there to start right now. But he's very clearly there, as Malik Willis was very clearly there last year to contend to take Ryan Tannehill's job in the not too distant future. Yeah, but it's. 
And it's kind of funny because it, it feels different than when, say, Jordan Love was re- you know drafted to replace Aaron Rodgers here because Aaron Rodgers, I feel, still felt oh, pretty secure in his job and that it, being the quarterback in Green Bay was his until he didn't want it anymore, which is what happened this offseason. He decides to go play for the New York Jets. Like, Tannehill can't feel that firm in terms of the footing that's underneath him as the quarterback of Tennessee because of the way he's played the last time they were in the postseason. He threw those three interceptions against the Cincinnati Bengals a couple of years ago. The way they needed him to step up, and granted they didn't give him and and traded away his best outside receiver in A.J. Brown to the Eagles last year, they needed him to step up and be more productive last year, find a way to lead this team, and just really couldn't do it, and then had the injury, and the, the, the season gets away from the Titans last year. So it, it just feels different than other situations because Tannehill just seems a lot more replaceable and the Titans are just you know trying to throw whatever against the wall until they find that replacement. Will Levis, not an insurance policy for Ryan Tannehill. We have insurance here. Progressive Insurance sponsors this show. It's to me, I look at this knowing the clock was on Ryan Tannehill, put on Ryan Tannehill from Rand Carthon, the GM, Back at the Combine, when he said, Ryan is our guy, Ryan is our quarterback, to me, the clock started ticking and ticking pretty loudly in that moment. And now you have a quarterback who landed on injured reserve after an ankle injury last year, second injury to his right ankle that he sustained during the 2022 season. He's been quote-unquote injury-prone throughout his career. He is in the final year of his contract, and we know how, uh, how, much, uh, how unhappy the ownership group was in how that contract is structured. It led to the firing of their former general manager because they couldn't get out from under it. Their only way out from under it now is that he is in the final year and a failure to start winning games is likely going to lead to a changing of the guard at the quarterback position and making the move to get Levis in to the lineup to start and then working on what you're going to do and sending Ryan Tannehill to the bench and hopefully that he's going to be a good mentor for Will Levis to take over this job one day because I can't see him in Tennessee unless this Will Levis experiment is an absolute bust and a failure the way that Malik Willis has started to pan out. I can't see Ryan Tannehill there much longer. Yeah, but it feels this feels different than Malik Willis because last year's quarterback class was just it was, it was so bad. There was there was only one quarterback taken in the first round. There were talks of of Will Levis, you know, being a first round pick, potentially being that number one overall pick. So this just feels different than what it felt last year. Will Tannehill be Tennessee's Week One starter in 2023? We will find out soon in a couple of months. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.